you can't respond to a reality that doesn't actually exist. If you are a leader, you have to be committed to living in the realm of truth because you will never fix what you refuse to see. What you need to recognize is that a leader most often grows when they are forced to come face to face with their own limitations. This is where leadership growth often happens, is when someone gets to the end of the rope and says, I can't do all of this anymore. I need help. Well, hey there, if we have not yet met, my name is Alex Judd. I'm the founder of Path for Growth, and this is the Path for Growth podcast. Now, as a business, we exist to help impact-driven leaders step into who they are created to be so that others may benefit and God may be glorified. And this podcast is just another iteration of how that mission comes to life. And today's topic, I think, is really crucial if you are a leader, but it's also crucial if you are just someone that wants to grow. That's because today we're talking about the topic of perspective. And if you are going to grow, it's so crucial that you have a proper, clear, and healthy perspective. So the way that we're going to organize the content that we're focusing on today is we're going to talk about three foundational truths that really kind of assert why this is so important. And then we're going to walk through six perspectives that you need to have if you are going to grow. If you're going to grow as a leader, if you're going to grow as a team, and if you're going to grow as a business. So we're going to start with the foundational truths, and then we'll jump into the six perspectives you need to have. And I'm going to challenge you, evaluate yourself whether or not you have these perspectives, because I guarantee you at least one of them will feel a little bit like a punch to the mouth. And that's kind of by design. So let's start with the three foundational truths. Number one, the way you view things determines the way you do things. Now, this is good because it rhymes, but it's also good because it's true. The way you view things determines the way you do things. So often, we play whack-a-mole trying to fix our actions, and in reality, what we should be trying to fix is our perspective. Because the way you view things determines the way that you do things. And so you should never expect healthy actions if you have a toxic viewpoint or a toxic perspective. Conversely, if you have a healthy perspective, if you have a healthy and clear and truthful outlook at your relationships, at your business, at yourself, at your team, at your family, if the way you're viewing that is clear and healthy and true, don't be surprised when your actions start to become more clear, healthy, and true because the The way you view things determines the way you do things. Okay, the next point that I want you to hear. Your outcome will rarely exceed your outlook. This is really important for you to understand. Most people don't get what they want because most people don't know what they want. It's crazy to me how sometimes I'll talk to someone about their career path or where they are at currently And the only thing they have crystal clarity on is that they don't want to be where they are. But when you ask them where they want to be, they don't have a clear answer. And it takes a really, really long time to dig to the core of what this individual, what this leader actually wants for their business, for their career, for their personal growth, for their family. And I'm not just saying that's true for other people. That is true for me. And I teach this stuff. But what I need to understand is that my outcome, what I end up getting in the future is rarely going to exceed my outlook of the future. 
If I don't have belief in a clear vision of what's possible, then why should I ever expect that I'm going to take the actions necessary to achieve a future that I can't really even envision? This is why vision is essential. And it's not just essential at the broad organizational level, although I think it's crucial there. It's crucial for you as a person. Jordan Peterson describes this as the necessity of aim. There's psychological, biological, neurological, theological evidence for there being something valuable to you having something to aim at that you believe in. Because your outcome will rarely exceed your outlook. We've got to have a proper outlook. We ha- we've got to have an outlook of the future that excites us, that engages us. And that doesn't mean we have to be frustrated and upset with right now. It means that we can be content with right now, but also running like crazy towards a better tomorrow. I'm going to say it one more time. Your outcome will rarely exceed your outlook. And then finally, number three, a clear and healthy perspective is a responsibility of leadership. I really believe this to be the case. You are living in denial of the facts. If you are living in avoidance of reality, or if you are living with blind spots that you're not actively trying to determine and get to the bottom of, you are a really dangerous leader. We need leaders who can operate in the realm of reality regardless of how brutal it is. People are depending on you not just to have an optimistic aspiration for the future. They are depending on you to have an accurate perspective of yourself, of the team, of the business as it stands today. That's called responsibility. Think about that. Responsibility, the ability to respond. You can't respond to a reality that doesn't actually exist. If you are a leader, you have to be committed to living in the realm of truth because you will never fix what you refuse to see. We say that over and over and over again on here. And so regardless of how brutal the facts are, Be committed to having a perspective that owns the brutal facts and decides to move forward courageously. That's really at the core of what it means to have a healthy and clear perspective. And we also need to raise up team members and family members and friends and relationships that deal in the realm of truth. Because truth is what provides proper perspective. So let's walk through one more time, high level, why this is so important. Number one, the way you view things determines the way you do things. Number two, your outcome will rarely exceed your outlook. And number three, a clear and healthy perspective is a responsibility of leadership. And oh, by the way, our definition of leader at Path for Growth is that if someone depends on you, you are a leader. So really, the question is not, are you leading? Because someone depends on you. If you're listening to this, someone depends on you. The question is, how are you leading? Let's lead with a perspective that is healthy and clear. Okay, now we're going to walk through six perspectives that I believe you need to grow. You need it to grow as a person. You need it to grow as a leader. You need it to grow as a business. I'm going to give them to you at high level, and then we're going to walk through them. Okay, number one, perceive yourself as limited. Number two, perceive time as valuable. Number three, perceive others as capable. Number four, perceive the desired future as possible. Number five, perceive the problem as inevitable and solvable. Number six, perceive your role as a steward. 
Okay, so those are the six perspectives that we're going to focus on. And we're going to run through these pretty quick because really, I just want you to take kind of the base level information on this and then think about how does this apply to my life? How does this apply to my leadership? Number one, perceive yourself as limited. (laughs) If you haven't noticed, this isn't positive psychology hour, right? It's like some people get on here and say, you are unlimited. You can do everything you want to do right now. Just seize the day and pack everything in you possibly can. And any voice that tells you you can't do everything is a liar. No, that person is a liar. You are a human being and therefore you have limitations, And the reason why I know that is because I am a human being and therefore I have limitations. And what you need to recognize is that a leader most often grows when they are forced to come face to face with their own limitations. This is where leadership growth often happens is when someone gets to the end of the rope and says, I can't do all of this anymore. I need help. And the best way to get help is to lead people and influence people in such a way that they are engaged in the mission with you. That is called leadership. But you kind of have to come to the end of yourself to be an effective servant leader. This is so important to understand. And where I actually see this play out most clearly is if you ask people who maybe shifted from the role of individual contributor or individual performer to leader, because they're two different things, and you know this to be true. If you ask someone about that shift, almost always the story that they will tell you, this was my story, and I've talked to so many leaders that this was their story, was that I just got to the point where I couldn't do it all anymore, and I had to stop trying because it was going to wear me out, and therefore, by necessity, not even by desire, by necessity, I had to start handing stuff off. What happened in that moment? They came face to face with their own limitations. They said, my aspiration for the future is greater than my ability to accomplish all of this on my own. And so for, and so therefore I have to figure out how to, in a positive way, get other people involved. Leadership is often the product of limitation. Because you realize you can't do it all on your own. And if you are in a stage or a state right now where you are testing the limits of what you can do all on your own, where you're saying, man, I think I can do all this and therefore I'm going to try, you are ignoring this perspective and you're not perceiving reality. You're perceiving some delusion that you can do all of this and you can't. So if you're perpetually tired, if you perpetually feel like you're spinning your wheels, if you perpetually feel like you're having to jump from one thing to the next, it's important that you need to adopt the perspective as you are outrageously limited. You need to teach your team that I am outrageously limited because they've probably started to see you as Superman. And then you need to start developing people by giving them more responsibility than they currently think they can handle. And that's going to relate directly to the next few perspectives as well. Humility is to have an accurate view of oneself. And what is accurate? Well, accurate is I'm a human being. Therefore, I'm imperfect. Therefore, I'm finite. Therefore, I'm limited. And therefore, I need other people to be in the boat rowing with me. Not just when I tell them to, but I need them to own and lead on their own. That's healthy. Okay, number two, perceive time as valuable. 
Now, I know I'm talking to leaders right now. I know I don't have to convince you that time is valuable, and you will say time is valuable, and you will often probably articulate some version of the phrase, time is the most valuable resource that we have. But what I see too often is that while leaders say that, they don't act like it. Time is the most valuable resource you have. Do your actions reflect that you actually believe that? Does your calendar reflect that you actually believe that? Because what I see more often than not is leaders who are paying themselves upwards sometimes of $100,000 on the conservative side are paying themselves upwards of $100,000 a year and they're spending a lot of their time doing their calendar. They're spending a lot of their time booking their travel. They're spending a lot of the time organizing logistics around the meeting that they're going to lead. They're spending a lot of time solving one-off customer issues. They're spending a lot of time reviewing resumes for the people that are going to be hired. Here's the deal. What you need to understand is that if you pay yourself $100,000 a year, and many of you probably get paid more than that, but if you are paid $100,000 a year, what is that? That's $48 an hour. You are paying yourself $48 an hour to do your calendar, to book travel, to review resumes, to do the books. Why are you doing that? Your time is the most valuable resource you have. And I'm not talking about this as some pompous, oh, I'm too good to do the books. You're not too good to do the books. You're just probably not the best at doing the books. And what I'm saying is more important here is the team is expecting that you are doing work that earns what you pay yourself. And the way that you earn a $48 an hour, the way that you earn $100,000 a year is you invest your time, energy, effort, and creativity into things that will create an exponential return. You doing your calendar, you booking your travel, you looking over the books, that does not create an exponential return. That creates an incremental return. It's an exchange. It's not an investment of time. It's spending time. So... This is not you perceiving your time as valuable in theory. This is you perceiving your time as valuable in application. Okay, so number one was perceive yourself as limited. Number two is perceive time as valuable. And I speak pretty directly on that because sometimes what I need to hear about my time needs to be presented in a pretty direct way. You are serving people well whenever you invest your time properly. Number three, perceive others as capable. This is so important. People often act the way that you treat them. John Maxwell often says that if you treat people like a 10, don't be surprised when they start acting like a 10. If you treat them like a 6, don't be surprised when they start acting like a 6 or they leave. Because here's the principle here. People often rise or fall to the level of your highest expectation of them. As a leader, you have to understand this. People often rise or fall to the level of your highest expectation of them. And so if you view someone as not capable of taking on more responsibility, as not capable of doing greater things, as not capable of performing to the level of your highest standard, if you view people as not being capable of those things, you are absolutely right. It's not capable. If you view other people as not capable of doing the things that you do, you will never be able to delegate. We're talking about your perspective here. What would it look like for you to perceive the people on your team as outrageously capable they just haven't been trained yet? Think about that for a second. That's a powerful day. 
I had to open my mind whenever we realized, man, we booked all my time with one-on-one coaching and we want to do a growth group, but we're going to have to make sure that it's someone else that does it. And I had this split second where I thought, well, I don't know if anyone else could do that the way that I would want it done. Liar. So such a lie. Like that is so not true. That is called pride. That is called ignorance. That is called selfishness. And I had to remove that lie from my head and realize, no, I really believe that people are capable and that I can train this. Right. This oftentimes occurs in the sales seat. You as the founder might be playing the primary salesperson. And to the degree that you think you can't train that, you are absolutely right. The minute you start perceiving people as capable, you are absolutely right. Perceive others as capable. Because when you perceive them that way, the way you view things changes the way that you do things, you're going to start treating them as capable. What does that result in? You're going to start trusting them with responsibility. And this relates to leadership development in so many ways. And and I love that so many people are focused on leadership development and they want to develop their bench and they want to raise up leaders on their team. And so they share podcasts. And I love that some of y'all share our podcast with your team. That's awesome. And I'm so grateful to you. And And they share books and they walk people through these plans. I love all of that. And I'm a big proponent of all of that. But you want me to tell you about the greatest leadership development strategy on the planet? The greatest leadership development strategy on the planet is to give someone a little bit more responsibility than they think they can handle. Why? Because it pushes them to the limitations of their own individual performance and they have to start trusting and influencing other people. And we said in perspective one that that's what shifts someone from an individual performer to a leader. So if you want to develop someone as a leader, yes, give them the books. Yes, give them the podcast. But in addition to those things, give them a little bit more responsibility than they think they are capable of and say, hey, you don't have to do all the work. You just need to make sure all the work gets done. And don't be surprised when they start leading other people well. But you have to perceive them as capable of doing that in order to hand that stuff off. Perceive others as capable. Okay, so we said we're going to perceive ourselves as limited. We're going to perceive time as valuable. We're going to perceive others as capable. The next one, perceive the desired future as possible. That vision that you have for the future of your business, first of all, is it clear? Not just generally, but specifically. Because here's the deal. A lot of times we live in the realm of general and broad vision. I just want to get bigger. I just want to get better. I just want us to grow. Wonderful. But the reason why you're doing that as a visionary is because you don't want to be on the hook for anything. Generality doesn't demand any accountability. Because if you want to be bigger and better, then you can subjectively say, oh, we got better over the course of the last year. And bigger could be we got one more customer. Have the audacity, have the courage to paint the picture of a future that doesn't yet exist clearly. Not because you're guaranteed that you're going to hit it, but because you have the guts to say, this business says nothing about my identity and I want us to aim at something. Because if you aim at nothing, you hit it every single time. But then once you have that aim three to five years from now, once you have the guts to tell it to your team, once you have the guts to define it and write it down, do you actually believe that it's possible? Henry Ford says, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. And it sounds like a kind of kitschy, cliche phrase, and there is so much profundity in that kitschy, cliche phrase. If you think it's possible, 
It's crazy how you will act in accordance with that perspective. And you will start doing the things that it takes to actually move the ball forward. Not because it's guaranteed, but because it's possible. I always think of that line. So you're saying there's a chance, right? And that's all you've got to believe with regard to your vision. So you're saying there's a chance. But here's the deal. If you believe in your heart of hearts that the vision may be nice, but it's not possible, why on earth would you take action? It's too risky to take action towards something that's not possible. If you've already written off failure as the likely result, why on earth would you take aggressive action? You've got to have a perspective of belief. It's one of the greatest things your team needs from you is your belief that the future that y'all are all running after, number one, is worth it, and number two, is possible. Perceive the desired future as possible. So in that, inherently, is that you've got to have it defined, and then number two, you've got to do the soul work to say it's worth it. But then once you've got that stuff done, you got to say, I'm going to believe that this can happen. You know, I think one of the greatest examples of this is SpaceX right now and everything that Elon Musk is doing with that team because they're envisioning this future that is just insane, right? I mean, I think his like long-term plan is to eventually colonize Mars and and that almost sounds like a joke as I'm saying that, but that's actually true, right? And I know people and I have friends that work at SpaceX and they work like 80 to 90 to 100 to 110 hours a week. I mean, they are grinding there. And I'm not even saying you should be doing that. I, In fact, I would advocate against you doing that. But do you think they would ever be working that hard if their vision for what they were doing, if they didn't think it was possible? No, the thing that empowers them to actually work that hard and to go gangbusters and to believe so much in the mission and to love the work is their belief that that future that they're running towards, it's actually possible. If they didn't believe it's possible, why on earth would you ever work a 90-hour work week? That translates to your team really, really well. Not only do you have to inspire the buy-in of yourself, but then you have to leverage that buy-in for yourself internally to create buy-in externally. Perceive the desired future as possible. Okay, and then number five, we're going to perceive the problem as both inevitable and solvable. So let's tackle number one. Here's the deal. If you are running forward towards a destination that actually matters, you are going to encounter problems. You are going to encounter issues. You are going to encounter imperfections. It's part of the gig. And so when a problem shows up, you shouldn't be like, oh my gosh, this is shocking, right? You should just be saying, well, this is exactly why we expected. What is the problem? It's just evidence that you are moving forward. I mean, do you think whenever they set out to send men into space for SpaceX, do you think that then when they set out to do that, they just thought it was going to be an up and to the right thing, that they would do all of these things that would one day result in them getting on Mars and nothing would ever blow up, nothing would ever crash, nothing would ever go wrong, everything would be exactly on schedule? <laughs> no. My assumption is that they didn't believe that. But sometimes I go into a project or I go into a relationship with regard to the business or I go into a customer interaction and I find myself adopting the perspective that this is going to go perfectly. I would never say that, but my belief and my perspective is that. That is so skewed and so wrong. What I should perceive is I'm going to be as excellent as I can. I'm going to serve people as well as I can. I'm going to hustle. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to do my absolute best. And there will be problems. It is inevitable. So start living in the realm of reality and perceiving it as inevitable. But then number two, 
problems are also solvable. So the reality that problems are inevitable can be extremely depressing if you don't believe that this second piece is also true. Problems are inevitable. That's the bad news. Problems are solvable. That's the good news. Here's where this showed up. And this was actually the thing that inspired me to create this entire episode. I was... I was reviewing um, one of our growth group recordings, which Olivia, a good friend of mine and one of our coaches, leads our growth groups. And this is six business leaders on a call. And they have dashboards focused on their personal growth, their leadership growth, and their business growth. And obviously, it's an incredible time for perspective gathering. And they were working on one specific business leader. And they were going back and forth on context questions and just trying to understand the holistic nature of her specific situation. It was an incredible conversation. Conversation. She was outrageously open and transparent. It was just such a remarkable dynamic in the group. Seriously, it was one of my proudest moments as a leader, just watching this recording, pumping my fist, saying, this is so awesome that this happens twice a month for these leaders. I just love that. And I just get so excited about it. But it was kind of interesting how the group asked her all these questions and they just doubled down on her and she was opening up about her business and opening up about the challenges and all of these things and the things that she was focusing on and the role that she needed to hire for. And Olivia, the coach on the call, as we often train our coaches to do, was just kind of setting back and listening and watching and observing. And then she came in with a question that is honestly one of the most powerful uses of a question that I've ever observed before. And I don't... I don't mean that dramatically. I mean that in reality. She just asked this business leader, she said, I just have a quick question for you. Do you view these problems as solvable? I want to ask you that question right now. As a leader, the problems you're facing right now, do you view them as solvable? Because to the degree that the answer is yes, you will be about the business of solving them. To the degree that the answer is no, you will sit in stagnancy and you would dwell on the reality that problems are inevitable, yes, but not the belief that they're solvable. And what I want you to know is every problem is solvable. The solution may not look anything like what you envisioned a long time ago, but every problem is solvable. This is the message that I need to hear. And what happened in this call was the leader basically acknowledged in response to that question, she said, well, yes, of course, I believe they're solvable intellectually, but I think sometimes at my at my heart of hearts, I don't always act that out. And I felt that answer so deeply. And my assumption is that some of you do as well. Do your actions reflect that you believe the problem is solvable? Do your actions reflect the perspective that, yes, problems are inevitable, but they're also solvable? Because we need to be about the business of taking actions that are related to solutions. And if we believe that solutions don't exist, why would we ever take actions? Or what actions would we even take? This is directly tied to what we discussed at the beginning, that your outcome will rarely exceed your outlook. So, Olivia unbelievable job from a coaching perspective. And and I felt like you were coaching me in that moment. And now we get to share with everyone on our podcast. So 
You are an absolute all-star. Okay, and number six, perceive your role as steward. Now, one of the things that uh, we say a lot on this podcast is that I'm never going to tell you what to believe, but I'm also not going to ignore what I believe. And I think that if you are a believer or if you are a Christian, then this point might uniquely apply to you, although I think it's helpful for all of us. And it's related to something I wrote down the other day and shared on LinkedIn. And I just want to read you that because I think it frames this perspective well. I said, if you're like me, you get stressed when you start thinking this all belongs to you. Nope, it's God's. We just get to manage it. Take a deep breath and do your best. I want you to hear that. All of the stress, all of the problems that we said are inevitable, all of the issues, all of the challenges, all of the obstacles... Even all of the aspirations, the dreams, the goals, all of that stuff, it can get us really wound up. It can make us really anxious. It can make us really stressed. And I think most of us would say it's a blessing. And at the same time, it can be a blessing that carries with it the feeling of burden. And sometimes I will find myself focusing more on the burden than I do on the blessing. And the reason why that is, is because I'm trying to carry all of the weight. If you are in a position where you are trying to carry all of the weight because you perceive it is all yours to carry, we need to fix that perspective. You are a steward. You are a manager. And what God is asking from you is not to exceed your own human limitations, It's for you to operate in accordance with those limitations and trust that he is in control. One of the greatest acts of faith that you can exhibit as a business owner is to take a break on Sunday and say, I'm not going to do anything on Sunday that relates to my income or my influence because I'm trusting that God gave us that boundary for a reason. One of the greatest things you can do as a business owner is recognize you are finite and limited and therefore hand off responsibility to other people that he put under your purview, that he put in your sphere. It's trust, it's faith, and it's boldness that is required to be able to do that. But if you view yourself as the owner with a tight grip on all of it, you won't have the courage to be able to do that because you you are not acting in accordance with the belief that you have the grace if something goes wrong. And what I want to let you know is that you have the grace. The grace has been given to you that you can move forward in trust and you can even make mistakes and it's okay. So take a deep breath. Remind yourself that I am not ultimately in control. And then do your best and seek forgiveness whenever that fails or falters. The reason why we hit points like that last one is just because I, like, we care about y'all so deeply. And so often I just see people running themselves into the ground because their actions do not align with their beliefs. And I think honestly, the only reason why I'm able to pick it out in others is because I see it sometimes in myself and I'll get all wound up. I'll get all bowed up. I'll get all stressed out. And what I need to do is take a deep breath and remind myself God is on the throne. God is in control. So today, in your ears, what I want you to hear from me and from our business, regardless of what you believe, is what I believe, is for your business, for your life, for your leadership, God is on the throne. God is in control. 
Okay, let's review the perspectives. We're going to perceive ourselves as limited. Why? Because we're human beings. We're going to perceive time as valuable because that's an incredible way to serve other people is maximize the time for a greater return. Number three, we're going to perceive others as capable because people often act the way you treat them. Number four, we're going to perceive the desired future as possible because your outcome will rarely exceed your outlook. Number five, we're going to perceive the problem as number one, inevitable, and number two, solvable because you will not solve the thing you think you can't. And number six, we're going to perceive our role as steward, not owner. This isn't ours to control. It's ours to manage. Y'all, this was an absolute blast to put this content together. If it was helpful, I'd just ask, pass it on to someone or rate this podcast because your comments are so valuable for me as the person that's writing this content to know what's helpful, what's valuable, what would you like to see more of? That means so much to us when you take the time to rate and review, especially if you're on Apple Podcasts. And then finally, if you want to be more engaged with the content that we're sending out, every Wednesday, we send out an email called Worth It Wednesday. Why? Because most emails aren't worth it. They're not worth your time. They're not worth your energy. So we said we want to send out one that is. So every Wednesday, we send out a principle worth learning, a question worth answering, and a recommendation worth taking. And if you want to get on that list, we're going to put the link to Worth It Wednesday in the show notes of this episode. Y'all, our whole team is rooting for you. We want to see you win. Remember, my strength is not for me. Your strength is not for you. Our strength is for service. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go.